You ever open up your phone and be down about 20% of a couple thousand dollars? <laughs> that that was my experience uh, yesterday when, when I found out that Cam Akers tore his Achilles for the season. One of my highest owned players on both sites for best ball. Just absolute pain. Yeah, I mean, just an unfortunate injury for Cam Akers. You know, fluke injury. He was working out, tore his Achilles. One of the worst injuries for a running back. So it's going to be kind of interesting to see if he can come back and, and produce at the level that people were expecting him to produce this season but you know injuries happen running backs get injured more than any other position hope cam Akers gets better but daryl henderson is is the guy now and i don't know how you feel about him but in underdogs five dollar tournament that they ran the puppy um which is now closed i have 32 percent henderson out of 26 entries so kind of got lucky there i, I don't know how how you feeling about mr henderson now that he's going to be a fifth six round pick in fantasy i'm buying at that price fifth sixth but you know I, i'm in an expert draft right now with drafters and he got taken in the third round <laughs> If that's the price tag, absolutely no shot. I don't think that Daryl Henderson has the potential to have the same level of workload that Cam Akers was poised to, especially in the passing game. You know, he had 10 games with two or fewer targets last season. And I know that, you know, he had spurts where he was producing. And I think that, you know, with no other players there to really take the workload, he's definitely set to have a strong workload. It's just, I, I don't know. I don't think the pass catching upside is there. And he really did lose that job towards the end of the season. You know, Akers had more touches in his final four games than Henderson had in his final 10. So, you know, this isn't the direction that the coaching staff wanted to go in. The Rams have been aggressive about adding players via trade in the past. I wouldn't be shocked to see uh, Henderson get some type of competition via trade or via free agency. To say that Henderson won't get the same workload as Cam Akers would have, I don't know. I just think that's wrong. Because now there's no competition there right now. At least Cam Akers, he was going to cede at minimum 30% of backfield touches to Daryl Henderson. Like, it was going to be a committee. No shot. It was going to be a committee, and a lot of sharp analysts on fantasy Twitter also agreed that it was probably going to be more of a committee like 70-30%. Cam Akers, I think, was being overdrafted slightly in the first round just because of the threat of Daryl Henderson, but Daryl Henderson had more targets than Cam Akers last season. He was more efficient on the ground, had more scrimmage yards than Cam Akers last year, so I don't really get the the whole like Cam Akers is so much better than Daryl Henderson. The one knock on Henderson, he can be described as as what you call injury prone. And some people have questions about his durability. He's been hurt in each of his like first two seasons in the NFL. He went on IR towards the end of last season, which kind of opened the door for Cam Akers in that playoff run for him to just be a complete workhorse. So that's kind of the question mark surrounding Daryl Henderson, but the Rams have said that they don't plan on signing anybody right now or trading for anybody right now. Obviously, we, we both expect them to go out and get another guy for that backfield before the season starts. We have 50 days in, until week one or, or whatever, and right now... I mean, it's it's Daryl Henderson's job, and he's slated to be the workhorse on a team that loves to run the ball, you know, inside the five-yard line, inside the red zone, and he can catch passes as well. I like Daryl Henderson. It's just like kind of the game theory aspect. A lot, a lot of teams are going to have him, you know, in the 10th, 11th round, like myself, 32%. So can you really draft him in the fourth and fifth round when you know, you're, you're kind of drafting him at a ceiling. And an attorney like the best ball mania on underdog, I think you can't. Um, on a tournament like drafters, 
which is total points, and it's already about 50% full, I would say that you can't. It's just negative EV in, in my perspective at that point. But in the puppy, if you still have slow drafts, I would be taking shots on Henderson if you could get him, if you were lucky enough to be on the clock when the news broke, like I was in a handful of leagues, scooped him up everywhere I could. And luckily, there is at least one more best ball tournament soon to come as the puppy two is going to be launched and we'll all be on equal footing with Daryl Henderson's role at that point. So we'll have to look at that. I guess my last question for you here is, you know, where do you feel comfortable buying Henderson right now? I think six round would probably be the point where I would start considering him. Um, I don't, I think his ADP is going to be higher than that. And I think it'll probably settle in the fifth round, maybe early fifth, mid fifth after guys like David Montgomery, Kareem Hunt, Josh Jacobs. I, I think he'll go a little bit after those guys. Uh, but in the, in the sixth round, I, w- I would start considering him after the running back dead zone is starting to get over. Yeah, I think that's the tier he's in right below David Montgomery and Chris Carson, but above guys like Chase Edmonds and Damian Harris and, you know, Travis Etienne. I think the, the upside's definitely there. Mm-hmm. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 152 of the DFS Dose Podcast, your fix of daily fantasy sports information, strategy, and analysis. I'm your host, Ben Hover, joined as I always am by Joey Carrion. And on today's show, we're going to be dropping our list of the top five values in drafts right now. We discussed the opposite of this on episode 143 with our top five fades. You can check that out in this podcast feed if you'd like to. If you're new to the podcast and like what you hear, you can support us by subscribing on whatever podcast platform you use, whether that be Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or Podcast Addict. And if you'd like to, you can find us on YouTube at the DFS Dose, where we produce fantasy content all week, every week, and live stream on Mondays. Joey, before we get into our top five values, we've got a giveaway to announce. Yes, so we are doing two giveaways. One giveaway is going to be a $50 Twitter giveaway, and we'll post that. If you're hearing this, it'll probably be on our Twitter right now. It's just going to be, you know, you have to follow us on Twitter, you have to retweet the tweet, and then you have to subscribe to the podcast, leave a rating, etc. Those will be the only requirements. We'll run it until next week sometime, and and then we'll pick a winner. I I think we're going to pick the winners on our Monday live stream so that that should be fun and then the second giveaway is pretty much the same but for discord um and the only stipulation is you just have to be a discord member so the link for that is down in the show notes below if you're interested in joining we talk about best ball we're going to talk about dfs when the season starts talk about football every day you know just just life in general too so 50 dollar twitter giveaway 50 dollar discord giveaway make sure you join that check out our twitter Free fifty dollars uh, to each hundred dollars total. Can't can't beat free money. It's kind of our, yeah. you know, it, you know, it's our appreciation. We hit a thousand followers on Twitter. We're at two hundred and one subscribers now on YouTube. So couple couple milestones there, and it's got to show uh, some appreciation to our our listeners and yeah. you know the community that we're building. Mm, show some love to the people. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to doing that. And we'll, we'll announce those, like you said, on our Monday stream. So make sure you tune into that. It'll be at about 4 p.m. Eastern on Monday. We'll draft a team, announce some winners. It'll be a vibe. Joey, let's get into our top five ADP values in drafts right now. 
And I want to start off with a wide receiver, a man by the name of Odell Beckham Jr. His ADP currently on underdog is 58. He's going as the wide receiver 28. And Odell is a a polarizing player, right? It's been a few years since we've seen him in his prime, but I think that we're both Odell truthers. I think that we both agree that he's still one of the most talented wide receivers in the NFL. Yeah, I still truly believe that he's a top five wide receiver in the NFL, just in terms of talent. That is, I know his production has lagged over the course of the last couple of seasons. You know, he hasn't been able to stay healthy recently, but I I still love Odell as a player. He's going in like the mid fifth round. And those are the rounds where you want to solidify your receiving core on your best ball teams. And I think Odell as a wide receiver three is one of the perfect wide receivers to do that with. And I don't know, I'm just betting on his talent. We saw the Browns become more pass heavy over the last eight or so games last season Baker Mayfield averaged 36.8 pass attempts per game over his last six their pass rate over expectation was higher than in their first eight games and I just think that in the second year of Kevin Stefanski's system we could see Baker take another leap forward you know Odell's going to be healthy now and I and I'm counting on a bounce back year out of Odell I just love the Browns team I think they're one of the best teams in the AFC so Mm -hmm. I just want as many pieces as I can from this team and Odell is is one of the guys that I I truly do love this year are you concerned that the most noteworthy thing he's done since joining cleveland is get shit on by a couple of ig models <laughs> yeah i mean i mean that is pretty concerning you know that <laughs> <laughs> that he hasn't done much in cleveland he did have a thousand yard season if i'm not mistaken but he did. It, His it first year. yeah it wasn't pretty efficient and then obviously towards acl last year and you know can, can he come back from injuries that he suffered over the last couple of years torn ACL a couple other leg injuries on the same leg that he tore his ACL in I, I don't I don't know but I'm willing to just bet on his talent. He's still in his prime, I believe. He's still one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. Uh, I'm buying Odell. Yeah, I think Odell's sort of a tier break, too. Like, right after Odell, there's definitely a tier break in Mm -hmm. the wide receivers available. He's sort of like that last elite tier of wide receiver, in my opinion. You know, right after Kenny Galladay and Brandon Ayuk is where Odell Beckham goes. And then you're taking sort of a notch down to the guys like Robbie Anderson, Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, Devonta Smith, etc. And, you know, those are good assets, but I think that they're up sides are not quite as high as you know the Ayuk Odell Galladay tier Mm -hmm. we just gotta we just gotta see if Odell can return to form you know he was a monster at producing big games when he was with New York and in the 23 games he's played since joining Cleveland he's only gone over 20 fantasy points three times we'd like to definitely see that number increase this year and I think it does you know especially if the Browns are an improved offense which they should be if they remain pass heavy like you detailed towards the second half of last year I think that that'll help and you know he's really him and him and Jarvis Landry are really the only two target hogs there uh, outside of, you know, whatever Kareem Hunt's going to get. Donovan Peoples-Jones, Higgins, uh, Anthony Schwartz that they added this year. These guys are all ancillary picks. This this passing game should run through Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry. 100%. Austin Hooper and the tight end should, should factor in a little bit, but, you know, those aren't going to be 100 target guys. It, it's Landry, it's Odell, maybe Kareem Hunt, maybe Austin Hooper, but that's about it. So I think we're both on, on board the, the Odell bounce back 2021. All right. 
the next player on our list of top five values, we're going to keep it at wide receiver. And this one I'm ready for you to convince me on because I understand the argument, but I need to hear, I need to hear why you're on Devonte Parker, whose ADP is currently 100 wide receiver 50 on underdog. Yeah. I mean, Devonte Parker, he's, he's shown that he could do it in the NFL. Right. And with, that's with mediocre quarterback play as well. He's going as the wide receiver 50 right now on underdog. And he's being drafted as the wide receiver three on his own team. When in reality, he's probably the wide receiver one on his team. Mm. I, I don't know. I, I think he is the wide receiver one. I think he's atop the depth chart. You know, Will Fuller obviously coming over. I, I like him, but I think he's the number two. And then I think Waddle is a slot guy, but obviously rookie wide receiver. Uh, we kind of saw outlier seasons um, from some rookie wide receivers last year. We might not see that again for a while. So Jalen Waddle, I think is is the clear number three, although I do like him as well in best ball. I, I don't know. I, I just think betting on a grown ass man and Devontae mm-hmm. Parker as you know a wide receiver five seems like a good bet to me and we're both expecting Tua to improve in year two love Devontae Parker grown ass man he's shown that he can do it in the NFL very talented very underrated if he plays the full season he's not finishing as the wide receiver 50 like let's be real he's he's just what you call an ADP beater and Mm. you know maybe that's kind of not what you want to focus on in best ball but just in the range of wide receivers that he's going he's going around darnell mooney russell gage elijah moore Corey davis hardman Pittman. like give me Devonte parker above all of those guys yeah no I, I agree with that i actually think that him and Corey davis profile pretty similarly in the situations they're in but Devonte parker to me it's just a question of how the targets are going to get distributed there are a lot of mouths to feed there between the receivers that you mentioned mike gasicki miles gaskin are both going to get work in the receiving game as well but i, I do agree that Devonte parker profiles as the clear-cut wide receiver one my only concern with him is that during his best year in the nfl 2019 when he put up 1200 yards his yards per reception was 16.7 which was quite a bit higher than his career average and the numbers that he put up in every other single season in the NFL and if Will Fuller is going to be the primary deep threat I wonder you know in what way Devontae Parker is going to be used is he going to be a possession mm-hmm. receiver like like how are they going to use him if Will Fuller is taking all those deep shots yeah I, I think a fair comp to Devontae Parker would would be kind of like that Michael Thomas role where they're going to use him in mm-hmm. the middle of the field as a nice possession receiver obviously Devonte parker is a big dude so he can be a red zone threat as well and how i would envision the dolphins running their offense would be will fuller you know as as the field stretcher deep threat Devonte parker as like the middle of the field 15 yard out routes 15 yard in routes and then jalen waddle is that guy in the slot he's gonna run those high efficient close to the line of scrimmage routes get him out in space um use his elite track speed to you know burn defenders close to the line of scrimmage screen passes etc so that's how i envision their offense playing out but i i I don't know i just think parker being drafted as the third wide receiver out of that offense seems good to me as the wide receiver 50 um I i don't know maybe maybe he is the wide receiver three i don't think he is but maybe 
Um, I, I think that would be the only knock. And then obviously a lot a lot of mouse defeat would, would be another knock on Devontae Parker. Yeah, I, I think that we both agree that he he profiles as the alpha in, in that passing game. Let's move on to the third player on our list here. And this is a guy that I draft. God, he's got to be my most owned running back. I wish I could check on underdog, but uh, the Cam Akers debacle has completely destroyed their exposure page. So, uh, you know, <laughs> who knows? Who knows how much Kenyon Drake I have? But Kenyon Drake, I think, is one of the top values right now in terms of ADP. He's going as the running back 41 on underdog with an ADP of 128. Yeah, I, I like Kenyon Drake too, especially in zero RB builds. But, you know, Kenyon... He's just a guy that fucked us last year, right? With no loop. Let me put that out there. But. Yeah, he did. I'm willing to bet on him again. You know, 12th round. 12th um, round is 11 rounds later than where we were taking yeah. him when he fucked us. <laughs> Josh Jacobs, you know, has a history of injuries so far in his career. I know he's played through them, but there is a history there. They signed Kenyon to a two-year $14 million deal. I don't think you give that type of money to a player you're not going to give the ball to quite a bit. You know, there's been reports that they're going to use him as a wide receiver as well. You know, there's some upside for targets, I think. And it's just in the in the 12th round, I think he's a perfect RB3 candidate on your best ball teams i think he's a perfect rb2 running back in a zero rb build and i don't know i i just i just like drake i, I think they are going to use him i will say there are some concerns with the Raiders offense just in general they traded away three offensive linemen this year they're just due to regress in general the Raiders were the 10th highest scoring team in the nfl they averaged 27 points per game I think that comes down, but you know, in the twelfth round, I think it's too cheap for a, for a player that can produce, and we've seen him do it in the NFL. So, uh, yeah, t- to me, the thing that really just sets him apart from Josh Jacobs is the ability to be a pass catcher. He's got two seasons with fifty plus catches. Jacobs' mm-hmm. high is thirty three. They, you know, the Raiders have talked about using him in that sort of split out role as a wide receiver, and you know, he's shown throughout his career he can do that. So, I think that he offers standalone value, but he also offers elite upside if Josh Jacobs were to ever go down. You know, both of these players were top four in the league in red zone rush attempts last year. And, you know, Kenyon Drake was in a situation where Kyler Murray was, you know, taking a bunch of those attempts as well, but he still found a way to be utilized near the goal line. So he's he's been productive in that way. Kenyon Drake is a good player. He's done it on multiple different teams at this point. And yeah, the, the O-line I think would definitely be the biggest con- uh, concern for him in Vegas. But if you're asking me Josh Jacobs in the sixth round or Kenyon Drake in the 12th, bro, I'm, I'm taking Kenyon Drake 10 out of 10 times in that situation easily. Not even a question. And I, I kind of just laugh when I see people like hype up Josh Jacobs, like taking him in best ball. Like, dude, you're not going to win anything with Josh Jacobs on your team. It's just the opportunity cost of fading a wide receiver in that range, especially if he's going you know, near that uh, Odell tier, like in the, in the fifth mm-hmm. round that we talked about for Odell segment. Um, if, if you're fading, let's say T Higgins, Deontay Johnson, Kenny Galladay for Josh Jacobs, like that, that's just bad process. That's just a losing process in my opinion. So I would never do that, but when you get in the 12th round and, and there's no wide receivers left, Kenyon Drake is sitting there for you. That's an easy smash. You know, longtime listeners of the podcast will remember, you know, I, I was oh, a Josh yeah. Jacobs hater before it was cool. <laughs> I mean, you were a Kenyon Drake hater, too. I thought you were going to say that. 
chill, chill, chill. Yo, they don't need to know that. They don't need to know that. I was, <laughs> the, I was biggest, the biggest Kenyan Drake <laughs> hater for everybody listening. This dude, Ben, hated him. Said he was trash, bum, the whole nine. Said he was going to get outplayed by Kalen Balage, But, yo, I've learned a lot since the first year of our podcast, okay? I've learned a lot. <laughs> yeah, I bet. <laughs> All right, let's move on uh, to number four on our top five value list. And this is a man that I know we are both drafting at a frequent rate. Hunter Henry going at an absurd ADP on underdog 163 as the tight end 20, Joey, make it make sense. It makes no sense, honestly. I I think a lot of these tight ends are great just in in this tier alone, but I I think Hunter Henry is the best. I mean, you can get him in the 14th, sometimes the 15th round, and I think Mm -hmm. that's just an easy smash. I would be fine rolling with him as my tight end one. You know, if you get him as your tight end two, that's even better. But, you know, this is just a player that, when healthy, he's been a consistent tight end one in fantasy. They essentially gave Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith the same amount of money per year, that is. Jonu Smith just got an extra year on his deal. Hunter Henry, three years. Jonu, four. And I will say, Hunter Henry, his most efficient routes are over the middle of the field so 44 of his 60 catches last year came in between the numbers and his uh, quarterback Justin Herbert had a passer rating of 109 when targeting him over the middle of the field and that works well with Cam Newton who completed 75 percent of his throws between the numbers Mm. Uh, So I think Hunter Henry is going to be kind of like that traditional pass catching tight end that the Patriots have lacked. Janu is going to be that versatile guy. You know, he he might get some rush attempts at the goal line. He's going to get the swing passes. Um, he's also, you know, going to be used in in the slot, and I like I like both of those guys at their at their ADPs. But Hunter Henry, I mean, geez, he he's one hundred percent going to beat this. I'd put my life on it. Yeah, like I said, I can't check my exposure on Underdog, but I would be pretty comfortable in guessing that Hunter Henry's my highest owned tight end. If if I look on 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 drafters, Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith are, are my top two. These guys are just stone cold values right now at the tight end position. Mm-hmm. I, I can't fathom the idea of taking guys like Robert Tunyon or Irv Smith or or these guys ahead of them and they're all consistently going ahead of these two Patriots tight ends like these aren't going to be the number one and number two options in this pass game makes no sense to me Joey these are going (laughs) to be the top two targets in the Patriots passing attack Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith and they're just essentially free yeah I didn't even mention that so so that's definitely a good point those are going to be the guys there's not much competition elsewhere on the field for targets I mean Nelson Aguilar like okay Kendrick born yeah i mean we're, we're both kind of high on jacoby but you know that that's only like one or two other guys that might get targeted so i think that's a, a very good point and janu and hunter henry on drafters are two of my three highest on tight ends hunter henry 29 percent janu smith 23 percent and i know on underdog i have like 30 38 percent hunter henry <laughs> so definitely uh backing up what we're saying with with our money with with these guys and I'm just never drafting Troutman, Tunyon, Irv Smith, Gasicki, Logan Thomas over uh, this tier of tight end, which includes Janu, Hunter Henry, Colcomet, Blake Jarwin, Ferkser. All these guys are are very similar, just four rounds later. You know, we're only a couple of weeks away from the DraftKings week one prices coming out. We're, we're at about that time of year. And, you know, the, the first initial prices on DraftKings usually mirror ADP. Man, if Hunter Henry is like 
3.5k bro i'm locking them into all my lineups hunter henry is gonna be hunter henry is gonna be 4.3k 4.3 to 4.5 and john will will be around there too both of them Mm. think so i think that sounds expensive we we might get sub 4k hunter i don't know Uh, i think at worst 3.9k hunter henry john smith will 100 be over 4k i'll put that out there he he was over 4k like every every week last year yeah no that that's true we'll have plenty of time to discuss that in the coming weeks joey the final name on our list here is a quarterback that uh nobody seems too uh juiced up to buy but i'm buying him and it's jared mm-hmm. goff going as the qb 30 adp past 200 it's 207 on underdog and to me i mean jared goff is just gonna beat this you know you use the term adp beater earlier and to me there's absolutely no way that Jared Goff doesn't smash this ADP of QB 30. I think that his upside is actually quite a bit higher. You know, I'm getting 2015 Blake Bortles vibes where, you know, it's not a great situation. It's not a good team, but they're going to be in such negative game scripts at such a high rate that Jared Goff is just going to be slinging it. And and the weaponry isn't great, but it isn't terrible. I mean, the wide receivers aren't good, but TJ Hawkinson, DeAndre Swift, Jamal Williams are all assets in the passing game. And I think Jared Goff really lines up well specifically on underdog with the playoff schedule going against Arizona, Atlanta, and Seattle in the big money weeks on underdog. Just absolutely great matchups, high scoring offenses, back and forth potential. Mm -hmm. Um, Jared Goff to me is just a a perfect QB too, especially if you go quarterback early and you're just looking for that sort of uh, filler quarterback too to finish out your roster build. No, it definitely makes sense to draft uh, Jared Goff in that role, especially with the Lions playoff schedule. So I do think he is a better pick on underdog than drafters where it's a total points format and, Mm -hmm. you know, there's, there's going to be efficiency questions with the Lions, you know, they're not going to score that many points. Uh, so he could throw the ball 40 times a game, but those 40 attempts could result in 15 fantasy points because he's not throwing three to four touchdowns per game. Right. So that that's the only concern. But Jared Goff as the quarterback 30, obviously he's going to beat this. He's going to be a 17 game starter barring injury and like five of the quarterbacks that are going above him don't have that same upside just period definitely an adp beater upside is is questionable but you're drafting him in, in the 18th round 17th round so I, I think i think he's a fine pick and he, he's just a value in terms of adp and uh like you like you said perfect uh quarterback too but um I, I would probably rather have him as my quarterback three in a build where you know i'm taking three of these guys pass round like 14, like the, like the Baker Mayfield, Daniel Jones, Jared Goff builds. To me, he works in either because when I'm looking at the top five quarterbacks, he has a different buy than all of them. So, you know, if you spend a pick on Mahomes, Allen, Jackson, Murray, or Dak Prescott, you know, you're going to want to wait on quarterback because you invested so highly Mm -hmm. in those elite guys. Well, you could wait until the 17th, 18th round and grab Jared Goff as your QB two in that build. Or like you said, if you wait on quarterback, you know, and you grab some upside guys in the mid rounds, maybe like Trey Lance or Justin Fields that have high weekly upside, but aren't likely to start the whole season. Jared Goff is a perfect quarterback to come back in and just get as sort of a safety net. You know, his job is very secure in Detroit. He's going to start at least every single game this season. So yeah, Jared Mm -hmm. Goff to me makes just a ton of sense. I I know that the Lions offense in general is not very exciting, which is what's, you know, sort of holding his value down, but still willing to bet on him just in terms of game theory. 
Yeah, no, I mean, it's a it's a smart bet for sure. And I, I do like the uh, argument of having him just as, as your quarterback too in builds where you take a top five quarterback. That, that definitely makes sense. And I haven't really thought about that much. Mm-hmm. So in conclusion, our top five values in drafts right now at the end of July, Odell Beckham Jr., Devontae Parker, Kenyon Drake, Hunter Henry, and Jared Goff. If you were in these best ball streets, I would be targeting these guys while they're still cheap. And Joey, before we get out of here, there was a little bit of uh, pop, I guess I'll say, with the Deshaun Watson story. Um, you, you saw something going on on Twitter, did you not? Yes. Yeah, so a person, a random fan, I should say, tweeted at Deshaun Watson and was like, yo, I've drafted you every year. You know, you're my boy. I love you. Are you going to play this year? I need to know for fantasy. Like this tweet if you're going to play. Deshaun Watson liked the tweet. Mm. So some are saying that that could be used as like his first public statement since these accusations came out in early March. I don't know. I think it's interesting. He has been posting workout videos on Instagram. He's been working out with other quarterbacks. And I truly do think he wants to play. He just doesn't want to play for the Texans. And I don't know, I, I have a lot of thoughts on the situation that I just I just kind of want to hear your your thoughts on, if you don't mind me rambling for a minute or two here. No, go ahead, man. I, I'm interested in your thoughts on this. You know? These are all questions that I have, and I, and I just want you to, to answer these okay. questions. All right. So first off, can the NFL actually like suspend him? You know, legal depositions won't happen until after the season ends and his investigations are still open, but we haven't heard anything in months, right? And it's a civil case. Watson has not been charged criminally yet. That means just they are suing him. If you don't know what a civil case means, they are suing him for money for what he did to the accusers, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, like this goes into my first point. If the police don't take action, will the NFL and does this set like a bad precedent for the NFL? Assuming he's guilty, that would be the NFL suspending him without the investigations concluding, without the evidence being presented in front of a court or in in front of attorneys or whatnot. Um, Is it a bad precedent for the NFL to suspend him and assume that he's guilty and take action based on that assumption? Is this another Tyree Kill situation? You know, legal trouble, speculation on whether or not he's going to play, his ADP tanks, he ends up playing the whole season. This happened, what, two years ago, three years ago mm-hmm. now? And then, and then obviously, you, you have quite a few teams that are willing to deal for Watson. We have the Dolphins, rumored to be still interested in Watson. We have the Eagles, rumored to be interested in Watson. We have the Broncos that have expressed interest in Watson. Adam Schefter mentioned the the Eagles interest on a podcast last week. Ian Rappaport said that he could definitely see Watson play in 2021. I I don't know. I just have a lot of thoughts and and those are kind of like the sum of my thoughts. I don't don't know. I'm starting to come around to the fact that he he can play in in 2021. If he does, I just think if he doesn't play, it's because he doesn't want to play for the Texans, not because of the legal situation. Yeah. I mean, look, I don't, I don't really know how the legal situation is going to play out. I don't think anybody does. Um, as as far as what the NFL is going to do, your guess is as good as mine, man. I mean, the NFL has, it's not like they're like, uh, the moral high ground (laughs) of like society. So like, I, I, would it surprise me if they let this slide? Like, no, they, there's been 
crazy things that the NFL has let go in the past. I know that this is different, especially from a PR angle. I think it would be hard for them to like let Watson continue to play with what he's been accused of in like today's society. It's just that that would be a conversation I don't think the NFL wants to perpetuate, but even still, Watson is a young star. He's he's one of the faces of the NFL, and I think that ultimately the NFL would benefit from cleaning up his image if there's a way that they can assist in that happening. I think that they will. So yeah, to me, I agree with your point. And we talked about this, I think on our first podcast uh, of this season that, you know, Watson does not want to play for the Texans. He will not play for the Texans. And that remains one of the biggest issues, you know, Mm -hmm. even if the NFL doesn't take action, even if the lawsuits don't, you know, pan out to be anything uh, against Watson, he will not be playing in Houston. So we still need the Texans to be willing to deal him to a different team for that to happen. Now, uh, I want I want to progress the conversation here. How real do you believe the threat is to quarterbacks that we're presuming to be starters, guys like Jalen Hurts and Tua on these teams that are, you know, interested? Obviously, for fantasy, I think the optimal situation would be to go to Denver because we're not drafting any quarterback from Denver as it is. It would elevate mm-hmm. all those pass catchers and, you know, without completely ruining the value of Tua or Hurts, you know, especially Jalen Hurts. Like, is it possible? that they make this move and just burn all of my Jalen Hurt shares. Because I don't know if I could recover from both that and the Cam Akers situation. I might be bankrupt. (laughs) I think it's definitely possible that one of these teams trades for Deshaun Watson. And I I think it makes sense, especially if you're the GM of one of those teams, right? We have Jalen Hurts, a guy that they probably shouldn't have drafted in the first place. And he wasn't good as a passer last year. I know we love him for fantasy, but that's just due to his rushing upside. So I would 100% be willing to move on from Hurts if I'm, you know, Howie Roseman. And the Dolphins, yeah, you invested an early round pick in Tua, but there is some concerns still about his durability. You know, suffered what some thought was going to be like a career-ending hip injury in college obviously came back he was all right last season but you know are you passing up on the chance at a top two quarterback top three quarterback for Tua Tagovailoa absolutely not you know we know Deshaun Watson is great he's done it in the NFL multiple seasons with terrible supporting cast so if I'm the Dolphins if I'm the Eagles I'm making this deal happen no matter what. I don't really care if, if if I'm them. I'm getting Watson on the squad no matter his legal situation. And, you know, in, in America, in, in the United States, you're innocent until you're proven guilty, right? And you can't just assume that he's guilty just because, you know, he has accusations against him. You have to let the legal process play out. So until that happens, I don't see how the NFL can suspend him based on accusations and assumptions without any verdict being made. Um, I, I do think your your PR point is probably the reason why a suspension will happen if it does is because of the PR around it, especially with the culture of the society that we live in in 2021. But I, I don't know if I if I'm one of those GMs. Uh, I'm making a deal yesterday. Yeah, I, I I wouldn't care. Like, get give me him, give me him with his legal troubles. Like, I know these teams are waiting to see what happens, and that's kind of why no trade has happened yet. I, I think the Texans are just stupid for not trading him. Period. Like, he's not playing for you. He's under contract for a couple years. Like, 
get whatever you can for him right now at his peak value. Well, he's not at his peak right now, but I, I think they're probably you know hoping at least that he gets cleared because then he would be back at peak value. Yes, right. Yes. You know, if the, right now they would have to take you know pennies on the dollar for Deshaun Watson. Um, God. And if Watson goes to any of those three teams you mentioned, Broncos, Eagles, they're Super Bowl Dolphins. Well, not the e- right? not the Eagles, not the Eagles, but the Dolphins mm. and Broncos are Super Bowl contenders, especially the Broncos. If he goes to the Broncos, I think they become a top three team in terms of odds to win the Super Bowl because their defense is stacked, their offense is stacked. They just don't have a quarterback. They're they're literally the definition of a quarterback away from winning a championship. Period. Plus thirty five hundred to win the Super Bowl, Denver Broncos. You want to throw a little action on that right now in in anticipation. Might be the vibes. I actually Same for Miami. I actually tweeted a couple days ago or like a week ago that I think Deshaun Watson will be traded to the Broncos before the season starts as a bold prediction. Yeah, I, I mean, I could definitely see it, and if that's the case, God plus thirty five hundred. That's. I mean, that plus thirty five hundred goes to plus seven hundred. Yeah, or plus no, six, no. like seven to one, six to one. Mm-hmm. One million yep. percent. Because, like I said, they are loaded on both sides of the ball, besides the most important position, which is why if they don't get a quarterback, they're going to finish under 500. <laughs> but if they got Watson, they're a 13, 14 win team. Yeah. No, they, they absolutely would be. All right. I think that's going to be it for episode 152 of the DFS Dose podcast. Make sure that you guys follow us on Twitter at the DFS Dose. Again, check out our pinned tweet right now for a chance to win $50, boost your best ball bankroll uh, a little bit with that. You can also follow our personal Twitters at Ben Hover and at Joey Carrion DFS. New episodes of the podcast drop every Thursday on Spotify, Apple, SoundCloud, and every other podcast platform on the internet. We'll be back next week on Thursday, July 29th with episode 153. If you'd like to, you can check out our live streams every Monday on the YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter. If you're listening out there, we appreciate you. We value you. Until next time, let's stay accountable and keep it authentic. Fives. Fives.